Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Good morning, Jamie. Aren't the Phoenix Suns the one-uppers? Yeah. Oh talk about God. stealing the spotlight. <laughs> What's the one thing you can do in downtown Phoenix to overshadow the Super Bowl even for a few hours? Pretty incredible, don't you think? Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Suns fans, good morning. Thanks for being here. Big day on the show. Uh, 9.05. Uh, Mr. Akil Davis is joining us. He is the special agent in charge of the Phoenix Field Office of the FBI. I was at an event with him a few weeks ago, and he was one of the speakers on the dais. And he was so compelling in the things that he had to say, and they all were. The chief of police was there from the city of Phoenix. The county attorney was there. There was an attorney there that was also spent 23 years as a Navy SEAL. So this was a panel of experts on, on law enforcement and policing and how it works together. It was just a great panel. But listening to Mr. Davis speak about things and security and Super Bowl security and anti-terrorism in the U.S. and the WM Phoenix Open and how you protect Barrett Jackson. And um, it was such a compelling conversation. I asked him to come on the show. He's been kind enough to do it today amidst the busy schedule of Super Bowl week. And we will speak with him just after nine o'clock this morning. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, It's I hope it's as compelling to you as it was to me. But we will have that conversation starting at nine oh five. And then at 10.05, one of my favorite people from one of my favorite organizations in Arizona is um, Shannon Clancy, the CEO of St. Vincent de Paul. Um, their motto is feed, clothe, house, heal. And I don't think that there are many organizations that do it better. I mean, I don't think there's any that does it better. There are some that do it very well. Um, but St. Vincent de Paul has, does such a great job in so many areas of public service and helping people in need that I think you need an update. There is a program that is happening or a, a, there's going to be a shelter that the city of Phoenix is investing in that St. Vincent de Paul is going to be a huge part of. And it's an attempt to try to address homelessness. And I have said for a long time that if you want someone that is going to be good stewards of people's dollars, it is organizations like St. Vincent de Paul, St. Mary's Food Bank, United Food Bank. We talk about these private organizations that, A, know the people they're serving and what how best to serve them because they do it every single day. And they also are such good stewards of the dollars that are given to them. So this should be an interesting conversation at just after 10 o'clock of how we address homelessness here in the Valley. We know it's a huge problem problem, how we address hunger, and what we can do as a community to help solve some of these problems for everyone involved. So that's what's going on on the show. Of course, we start off with uh, Kevin Durant. If you're a sports fan, even if you're not a big sports fan, he is one of the names that you recognize. Kevin Durant is a legitimate superstar in the NBA. I was listening to some people talk about this this morning that know more about the NBA than I do, um, and they were saying that this kind of rivals the Charles Barkley trade, that this was the piece of the puzzle that the Phoenix Suns got to get to the NBA Finals. They lost to the Bulls, but this is, you know, the era when I moved to Arizona was 1995. This was in that heyday of the Phoenix Suns. You know, Dan Marley and Charles Barkley and that team of people that were so good, um, and the, they are now has a buzz here in the Valley that KD could be the could be that piece of the puzzle that makes them a legitimate contender, but they gave up a lot. They gave up four first round picks: um, Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, uh, Johnson, and for Durant and TJ Warren. So they got a what is it a four for two or a three for two? But they gave up four first round picks. So this is an organization now that is all in right now with this team, and especially this year because you're going to lose Chris Paul, but. What I love about this story 
um, for me is, and I, I was joking about overshadowing the Super Bowl, but here in Arizona, moving to Arizona when I did, it was before there were any other professional sports teams here. It was the Phoenix Suns. Then came the Diamondbacks after that. We know the Coyotes moved here. They were the Winnipeg Jets. The Cardinals were here, but the Cardinals were out at Sun Devil Stadium, and they did not have their own arena yet, no, their own stadium. So it was different. And so the, the, the team of record in Arizona for a long time before the Cardinals came, was the Phoenix Suns. So it, one of the things we t- I talk about a lot is I love the culture that sports breeds. When you're a sports town, um, I was born in Cleveland. Don't remember much about it, but the Browns fans have a culture in downtown Cleveland. When the owner of the Cleveland Browns, Art Modell, decided to move the team in the middle of the night into Baltimore, the town of Cleveland lost its mind, and the NFL awarded the city of Cleveland the name the Cleveland Browns, which is why Baltimore became the Baltimore Ravens, because Cleveland held on. In, uh, now, you know that the Indianapolis Colts used to be the Baltimore Colts. Baltimore moved to Indianapolis, they didn't take the name or didn't leave the name. So this is how important those cities were football as a culture. The Pittsburgh Steelers, we've got two great football cities in town for the Super Bowl and the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Here in Arizona, the culture is, if you're talking about a town that's generational and diehard fans, it's almost in their blood, it's the Phoenix Suns. When the Phoenix Suns are relevant, when the Phoenix Suns are good, this town is on fire. Downtown Phoenix is a different place when the Suns are good. So look at the turnaround they've had recently. We know the Robert Sarver stuff, fair or not fair, how real or unreal that stuff was. It is That's the way it was. The reputation of Robert Sarver and the Phoenix Suns was not that great. So you bring in this guy, Ishbia, who has a great press conference yesterday. He talked. He said, Phoenix owns this team. I'm just a steward. It's my job to do the best I can. He said all of the right things. And I'm again, the NBA is not my favorite sport. I am a basketball fan. I'm a sports fan in general. I didn't play basketball. My nephew plays basketball. He is a a freshman on the varsity team in high school. He is sold out. He works with a coach. He loves the game. So I love watching him play. So I've learned more about the strategy of the game. But I'm a fan, like everybody else here, of the Phoenix Suns. I'm just very happy for the people that are from here, that are lifelong, lifetime, generational fans of the Suns that get news like this. It's like Christmas Day. For Suns fans. Again, what's funny about this, here we are, we're not a sports station. Arizona Sports right next door to me, that's the sports station. This is a news story. This is when sports transcends into news. I guarantee you that with everything else that's going on this week here in town, and as justified as it is, you got the WM Phoenix Open that kicked off with the Pro-Am yesterday and the shot at glory. The tournament starts today, and it's a buzz out there. I've been down to the NFL experience downtown at the convention center we're broadcasting from there tomorrow and it's going to be the it's just electric in this town right now this is the biggest news story in phoenix no doubt tomorrow end of today it will be the super bowl again it will be the wm phoenix open and those those overhead shots of the crowds out there and the party on 16 it'll be on sports center it'll be on all the major sports shows of what's happening out in phoenix especially on saturday out at the open in scottsdale but my gosh the idea that you've got this blue chip player that's here that genuinely is the piece many people think can put the phoenix suns in contention for an nba title is absolutely 
incredible for the fans here. And so I'm electric with this. I mean, I'm amped up and I'm not even a super fan. I like the Suns. I actually can say I love the Suns, but I'm happier for you Suns fans. The ones were here through the lean years that were leaning back and wearing the Barkley jerseys and the Marley jerseys that you were remembering the the glory days. That's how I am with my Miami Hurricanes. I go back to the Hurricanes of the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s and they, they were great teams, but it's been 20 years since we've been a great team, but I man, I love the glory days, and every Hurricanes fan that I talk to, we all remember how great we were. We, we cherish those memories, and now Phoenix has got a chance to make brand new memories with a team that everyone is now calling a contender. Will they pay a heavy price down the road? If you're giving up four first-round picks, that is going to be a heavy price, which means they're going to have to make trades. They're going to have to sign free agents. They're going to have to be creative because they're not going to have the draft picks that they need to rebuild. So you've got Chris Paul, who's older. He's got about a year left. Um, and, and then when he goes... How do you start rebuilding? You know how any other profession, how professional sports are. Players come and go. There's trades. There's free agents. There's things that happen. What will happen with this team? It's just a great story. I am thrilled for all of you that are Suns fans, and I'm hoping that they go deep into the playoffs and we have another year like we did a couple of years ago where it looks like your Phoenix Suns are going to be the ones that are contenders and everybody's talking about. So good for you, Suns fans. It's awesome. In a moment, we're going to talk about education because... Because they voted yesterday in the state legislature to override the aggregate expenditure limit. What does that actually mean? And is it a good thing for Arizona schools? We'll talk about that coming up in just one moment. you being here this morning. A lot of big news here in the Valley. You just turned it again. Kevin Durant is now uh, made us the epicenter of all things sports right now. Uh, Kevin Durant being traded to the Phoenix Suns. We've got the Super Bowl here in town. The WM Phoenix Open kicks off this morning. They had the Pro-Am yesterday. This is a great time to live in Arizona. Top of the hour at 9.05. We speak with Akil Davis. He is the special agent in charge of the FBI field office here in Arizona. And it's going to be great to be able to talk with him about what uh, what's going on. All right. I'm sorry about that. So we have got um, uh, uh, some news about the Arizona State Legislature, what they've done much earlier this year than they did last year. They have voted to override the AEL, the aggregate expenditure limit. Uh, I've talked about this from many different angles. I will tell you that having that $1.2 billion that was available, that was already allocated for public education in Arizona, now the teachers and the administrators can uh, rest knowing that that money will be available. So I'm glad glad that this got done. The question for me is, what now moving forward? We, we understand that there is a political battle that's going on everywhere in the country at one time or another about education. And in the end, I wish somebody could take, make everyone take a deep breath and talk about the fact that we all want the same thing, which is the best education possible for all of our children. Doesn't matter what your economic position is. It doesn't matter what color your skin is, what religion you are, what gender you are. We want to provide young people with the tools necessary to be productive citizens when they become adults. And that should be the goal for everyone. 
There is a lot happening in Arizona and a lot of questions about how to make that work. We've talked about the expansion of, of the ESAs. They used to be called um, – they, they were scholarship accounts, and um, now they are, I guess, education savings accounts, whatever you want to call them. But – it, they expanded for all students. Originally, the ESAs in Arizona were available to parents of special needs students. And the thought process behind the ESAs were parents had the best knowledge of what suited their child, their special needs child, to give them the best opportunity in education. So they could take tax dollars, and the number fluctuated depending on the need of the child, but they could take those tax dollars and educate their children any way that they saw fit. And it was a program that both sides of the political aisle thought was of great benefit. Now it's been expanded to all students because the same principle applies. That teachers are dealing with big class sizes, so they don't get to know these children one-on-one, especially like a parent does. There are unique needs, there are unique challenges, and the expansion of the ESA is to address that. I saw a fantastic story. Um, As a matter of fact, credit goes to Julia, the producer of the show. Um... There is a perspective about of why why are um, black parents turning to homeschooling, and it's a completely different perspective. It starts off by talking about a parent in Louisiana and a person that was homeschooled back before homeschooling became very very popular, and. Uh, this story uh, talks about the reason why parents are doing it. And this is from The Guardian. And a lot of these parents are saying, I don't like the way history is being taught. I don't like the fact that it's whitewashing history. I want to teach my children an accurate version of history. And this is a completely different perspective than I might hold or a lot of people hold about American history. They are saying that we think that you're not telling enough. So for all the people out there that want critical race theory taught in schools and you think it's a valuable tool and and um, a social emotional learning or what they call SEL, um, this is the same thing. When, when, when uh, uh, the abortion laws were returned to the states and it was up to each individual state to come up with what was right for their state, uh, the People that were pro-life, like myself, they were cheering loudly that this had happened. And I warned them at the very first day. I said, you better be careful for what you wish for because here in Arizona, we might have a fairly strict abortion law. But our neighbors to the west in California have a completely different outlook where we would limit abortion. They might constitutionally protect abortion in their constitutions. They have the right to do that, which I'm glad they do. They have a right to do what they want with their state. The same principle applies here. Same principle applies that um, for me saying I think nothing trumps, nothing is more important than teaching children to read and teaching children math skills and, you know, the basics, the STEM, the, the education that gives them an opportunity to learn for the rest of their life. A young person needs to be able to read more than anything else. Shortly behind or, you know, very closely behind that is is math skills. But. There are also parents that believe that one of the critical tools in education is social emotional learning or is um, critical race theory. Those parents are just as entitled to their opinions and the education of their child as I am 
in my children or you and your children. So this is what school choice offers. It will give school districts an opportunity to say, who are we catering to? And if we want, if we think these these programs are valuable, we are going to tell them we teach these things in our schools. And if the parents are demanding a different direction, they'll send their parents, their students or children into a different direction. This is a completely opposite perspective than I would take. But they have every right to that perspective just like I do, just like you do. And you should be able to educate your child and make sure the core, the basics are there. But teach your child and emphasize anything you want. So all the people out there that are anti-school choice, you better start reading some of these stories. Because you might win some people over if you catered to them. Instead of trying to say the way we do it is the way it should always be done. Coming up in a moment, Gatos joins me, and it's the big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. All right, Mike, I'm jumping right into the queue. Are you ready? I'm ready to roll. What's the biggest sports story in Phoenix? A, KD. Super Bowl. Huh? KD. B, the Phoenix Open. C, Suns blockbuster trade for superstar Kevin Durant. I just, I ranted about this at the beginning of the show, man. I've got to say, at least for today, tomorrow it'll be the Super Bowl again in the WM Phoenix Open. But today, it's got to be Kevin Durant, right? There's no doubt. No doubt. So this is this is a this is a a trade that's on par with when the Suns brought in Charles Barkley and Oh my Knights. gosh, I said exactly the same thing at the beginning of the show. Exactly the same yeah. thing. Yeah, it's because I think if you look at the history, you know, the card the Suns brought in Shaquille O'Neal, well he was done. You know, they they brought in, you know, Jason Kidd, well he was fine. Uh this is uh this is a superstar that, you know, I, I mean, I'll just say it. Devin Booker isn't the best player on the team anymore. That's how you look at this trade. But how great how is it to Kevin take Durant is. I know Kevin Durant, you've got Chris Paul who's still got some gas in the tank if he can stay healthy and you've got yeah. uh, Devin Booker. You look at those three players on the floor together and they wow. are going to be I know that they they have they have now become a legit contender immediately. Yeah, it's tough though because like the team we've watched over the last couple of years mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of that, that. It might be my favorite Suns team of all time yeah. since I've been here. Yeah. And for one reason or another, well, they lost in the finals. They were up 2 nothing, And then, you know, they really did lose to a, a better team. Yeah. Um, and then last year, we still don't know what happened last year. I it was they, they just imploded. So, you know, watching this team the last couple of years, the tough part is Mikel Bridges because I think he's probably a fan. He's easily a fan favorite. I yeah. mean, if your favorite player isn't Devin Booker, it's probably Mikel Bridges. And so that's the tough part. I wish they didn't have to give that up. They gave up four draft picks. I don't care about the draft picks. They gave up Jay Crowder. He wasn't playing for the Suns anyway. Uh, Camp Johnson was always going to go in the deal. I wish they got through this deal without Bridges, but you got to pull the trigger you and got you got to go for it. And this Suns owner, in one day, 
then I'm going for it. So you got to like it. You got to yeah. like what you hear from this guy. Absolutely. I've got, I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow because you're going to be on Media Row today for the Super Bowl. And I'll bet you all those sports stations and news stations are talking about KD as well. That's why I think for the one day, it's the biggest story. And I think your question is right on the money. So uh, I'm looking forward to talking with you tomorrow. Okay, man. Have a good rest of the show. Thanks, Gatos. The BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, the special agent in charge of the Phoenix field office of the FBI, Akil Davis, joins me in studio. Stick around.